Welcome to Do Not Go Quiet. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, and nobody can hang with my stuff. With Eric Wilson. It's a big, hairy American winning machine. Big dog. How you doing? What's up, my brother? Good to see you again. Todd Hill in the mix. <laughs> so obviously we, we chatted a little bit ahead of time, but uh, I just to start this thing off, wanted to go into a little bit of our history. Like literally we've known each other since elementary school. Back uh, to the part, 70s. Yeah. Part of this whole podcast thing for me was, you know, exploring stuff that we that we grew up with that kind of what we're dealing with now but also i like the, this kind of is the kickoff and just going back and talking about growing up that back then how much different it was than our kids are going through and some of the things that were amazing about it so talk a little bit about growing up and just going to school together and some of the stuff you experienced even without you know us together but we we're at sandy hill right weren't we together at sandy hill yeah, I think I started in pre-K kindergarten. I think you were probably there just a couple years after. Small little school district. And remember, we could just ride our bikes to everyone in Jenison, 10 square yeah. miles. I think my folks moved us into town like fourth grade or something. And, okay. And you were one of the first people I met along with some other people. But that, that whole concept of uh, getting on a bike... And riding all over town. I talk to my kids about that and their minds are blown. Yeah, <laughs> that's excellent point. Most of them don't know how to ride bikes or they don't <laughs> ride them. So why would you do that? Just pull them up on your phone. Right? Yeah, I know. Like, uh, can I just get an Uber or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> why would I want to go see him? I can just play games this way on our devices together. Yeah. So elementary school was, and I don't what's your earliest elementary school memory? I think it also relates back because we were both Georgetown United Methodist Church when they met in Sandy Hill, our grade school, before they actually had a building. The gum folks? <laughs> the gum folks, that's right. <laughs> Probably for a grade school would be the uh, playground equipment. Solid steel, if you remember the maypole hung on about a 20-foot chain with uh, rings, and you would fly around on them or with Scott Crowley, whip them around and see if you could bean <laughs> someone in the head. And those rings like weighed about a million pounds, like they were oh, yeah. solid freaking <laughs> steel at the end. <laughs> You'd get carried into the office with some bloody faces and chipped teeth and with some bruises from that. <laughs> If that wasn't enough, too, remember the jungle gym was solid steel, about 15 feet off the ground, and you would sit and bounce and swing on that rope that was up even higher. And heaven forbid you lost your balance, you'd go tumbling down to dirt because that was before the mulch days. Do you, Would that be considered a safe space today? <laughs> <laughs> Happy to report all of that equipment's been removed. It's all at ground level. Yeah, I'm sure. Like there's no no climbing up in the air and doing anything that takes any kind of risk. It's all like, oh, let's make sure we protect ourselves. Yeah, even the little 10-foot sledding hill's been flattened for a parking lot because you don't want to have any high-speed crashes that way. <laughs> how, how do you think that affects your kids? Your kids are, you got one in college, one in high school. Uh, what, 
them growing up, how is that different than us growing up? I think it's kind of an innocence and just a freedom loss. Just as a kid, go out and entertain yourself, get together with your friends and figure out what to do, whether it's at recess, summertime or on weekends. If it's not, you know, for my kids, especially my son, if he's not gaming, he's kind of at a loss to figure out what to do. And it's like, dude, the, the world's out there. Let's go get it. I'm bored. Yeah, I'm bored, Dad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I do remember like I literally remember like jumping on a bike, leaving at, you know, 10 or 11 in the morning and not coming home until the sun goes down, right? And you'd probably pick up a phone sometime during the day at somebody's house to let your mom know that you hadn't been abducted. Yeah, and that was kind of understood or it was the silent code of the parents that if we don't hear anything, we're just going to assume everything's okay and especially summertime, have them home sometime around dark. If not, let us know that they're going to be a little bit late. And to your point, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> you could. Could you? I mean, can't you can't or we don't? Like, Maybe do you, both. Do you think if you did, like, obviously there's so much, our kids are impacted so much by social media and what they hear they should and shouldn't do. And obviously their phones have, like tethered them to a completely different world that, that we didn't have where they can sit in their room and still, you know, do all these other things. But do you think like, if they tried to do that, would you let them like, let's roll back to fifth grade, sixth grade. And, you know, your son or daughter was like, Hey, I'm going to get on my bike and disappear. Like, would you let that happen? And fairly a double standard, probably no for my daughter not because I don't trust her, just I, I want her to be safe and know where she's at. And my son, it's like, knock yourself out, kid. Just we'll track you down eventually if you don't make it back. <laughs> it's part of becoming a man. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> go get it. See what gets a little mischief, just not yeah. a lot of mischief. You know, the, the, the thing that's most imprinted on me from that school was when I was in sixth grade, uh, you know, we, you remember this, but we had this sixth grade camp, right? Like no one would do this now, but you know, they <laughs> loaded up, you're going, my man. <laughs> they loaded up the entire sixth grade on a bus, took us to Sandy Pines. Uh, you know, there's no phones or anything like that. And it was like, you were gone for a week, you know? Yeah. And I don't even know if our parents ever heard from us, but I was probably the biggest wussy like when it came to, you know, I was good sleeping over at a friend's house, but the idea of like going away, I don't know why I was just like petrified by the thing. Um, yeah. Nowadays it would be like, oh, stay home. You're okay. You know, J big Judas beat. Like my, 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 my mom was like, you get your ass on that bus. You're going. And I think it was the, the first day I was a freaking train wreck. Do you remember that or no? I do remember it, and I just remember that you'd look forward to it. You remember, like that whole semester leading, or that whole time leading up to it, you met in your groups, and you had those handkerchiefs, and you had to have a theme and like a song that went uh, went along with it, because you were in your groups at uh, camp the whole time. And the highlight, we kind of started to notice the females, and there was that square <laughs> dance one of the last nights. And I said, "Oh boy, we." We might have to hold hands or get close with some of the gals from Sandy Hill. That was, but for me, it was like an entire semester of terror because I did not yeah. want to go. 
Like, I don't know why I was just like afraid of being gone. I don't know if I thought like Jason was going to kill me at the camp. I, I can't even remember. I just remember being petrified. And it was the first day, like I literally have this burned into my brain. It was the first day. And I don't know if you remember at the end of the day, they like took all the picnic baskets turned or picnic tables, turned them upside down so that all the V's were like this. And they put, uh, aluminum foil like from the length of the room on those and created this huge ice cream sundae just i do remember that a petri dish you know they would never do that today <laughs> like, oh you might get covid and die but <laughs> it was like i was i was sitting out on the porch like lamenting my situation and just being miserable and uh my the teacher mrs vanderjack my sixth grade teacher came out and sat down with me she literally like this is probably the, one of the biggest things that ever happened in my life. She literally sat me down and said, okay, look, here's the deal. You, if you want me to, I'll pick up the phone, call your parents and have them come pick you up. But if you do that, you're going to be a quitter and you're going to quit the rest of your life. And all these kids are going to have a blast and they're all going to be talking about you. She's like, or you can suck it up and go inside and have a good time. And I don't know what she freaking flipped a switch. It was over. I went inside, had a freaking blast, and it was amazing. And like that was literally kind of the end of me being scared of stuff. But it was like a seminal moment in my head that just occurred in sixth grade. It was crazy. Well, you hit it well because I don't remember that. And I always remember you just kind of being that red blooded American boy that made the best of everything, regardless of the activity. Yeah. Well, that happened after that. Before that, I was <laughs> a big wuss bag. Yeah. And you know, you were talking about the scarves, right? That we had to wear, that yeah. everyone wore. We had, we named ours the group, right? <laughs> everyone had like a fan, like Panthers or whatever. And we were like the group. And I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> but then it kind of became cool. The worst part about it, do you remember my nickname in elementary school? There AKA were a few that... Scott Lancaster gave it to me, the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know there were a few, but refresh my memory. It was Tubbs. Oh. <laughs> I remember Ebidge and EW, yeah. but I don't that wasn't very nice. <laughs> in middle school it became E dubs and then it became Bidge or whatever, you know, in high school. But Scott Lancaster called me Tubbs. No, like no one else really did it unless they were trying to like buddy up with him. Right. And on my freaking scarf, he wrote something like Tubbs. It's been a great freaking camp or some shit like that. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> he was in that special group, the Brainiacs. Yeah. They were a little odd anyways. I, I was very happy to be in middle school after that. <laughs> you also remember, I won't throw his name out there, but someone kind of went in his skivvies through one of the girls' cabins and uh, oh, was geez. almost sent home and uh, broke down in tears because it was kind of a dare. No way is he going to do that. <laughs> and I don't even think they were in there. It was like on our hike to Chief Noonday, you know, that Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, I remember the, yeah, the big hike. Yeah. And he, uh, you know, peer pressure in Lord of the Flies, <laughs> off he went and came out and we're like, yeah, and someone found out. Like, oh, you're going to get sent home. And he was just terrified. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was freaking classic. So that when did you when did you move? Because we were in the same school. Did you go to middle school at Jenison or when did you move to Hooter? 
Yeah, midway through my sophomore year is when my uh, parents, not holding a grudge, decided to move four and a half miles away to a different school district. <laughs> yeah, and there was no school choice back then. It was like, you're going to wherever your district is. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough in the middle of high school, man. Oh, right? Because that's, to your point, we grew up together. So those yeah. last two years are kind of the the highlight, the icing, and you want to make the best of it. So as you kind of remember, the junior year, I made a lot of good friends at the other school, but senior year circled back and still run, ran with you guys. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, it was kind of like you went over there, you kind of got in knee deep with a bunch of folks. And like you said, we didn't see much of your junior year. And then all of a sudden your senior year, it was like, Ooh, T-Bone's back. Here we go. Let's roll. <laughs> Made that commute on my bicycle that four and a half miles back into J-Town. <laughs> so, and, I, yeah. I was going to say, the other appeal is remember the social activities is every weekend we had two different houses to go to to hang out because they're, respectively, their parents were out of town and kind of, Eric, Todd, you guys are in charge. And like, of what? Of the our house Ar when you're Arkema <laughs> <Ar> House. <laughs> yeah. What was the other one? I can't remember. Pauline's. Pauline's oh, in the right. uh, weekend. Yeah, yeah, her parents yeah. always went out to their boat, and Fred would say, "You know, stay out of my booze, but just keep an eye on everything." <laughs> Translation: Go ahead and drink all my booze and have a good time. <laughs> yeah, I remember one weekend at Harkema's house. I can't remember who it was, but somebody put their fist through the wall, like on the right going up the stairway. <laughs> <laughs> and it was literally like three in the morning and me, Danzig, and maybe Woody, I can't remember. We literally were like got out the freaking spackle and we were like spackling the wall and <laughs> it down with freaking sandpaper, trying to paint it and so that his uh so her mom wouldn't recognize it when she came home on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, you know, most of our fondest memories are kind of that mischief that we used to do in high school. It was who's going to end up getting the stuff for us. And back in the day, it wasn't a matter of fake IDs. It's just where could you go because you knew the guy wasn't going to check your ID. And here we go. La Palma's. Wasn't it La Palma? <laughs> <laughs> Down in, uh, what, I can't even remember what we called it, but it was like a, a little, uh, hispanic area of gr and there's yeah. this joint called the palmas and you, they never id'd you it didn't matter like it was yeah. a little bit of a tribe but you know oh man that was funny freaking pauline and sally so when you think back just about that decade like what are the what are the the things like that jump out like in terms of this kind of defines the 80s what are the things that that we that were kind of new and exciting yeah it was probably a precursor of social media just mtv coming on cable television you were glued to watch the videos at night and then remember going to believe in music to get the latest and greatest <laughs> so your levi's jean jacket with the uh, mtv pins and who got the most on their jacket i have not thought of believe in music in like 40 years. I can't believe you remember that. Did you, were you like, did you watch that first, that Buggles video? When it, were you, did you watch that live? Was that the one, uh, radio, video or killed video the radio killed? star? Yeah. It was the first one they ever played. 
my memory's not as strong. I'd like to say I did, or certainly was aware of it. My mom yeah. ran a tight control on the, remember the first cable box had that 20 foot string on it and you could zip line it back and forth on the cables and she'd get a little upset if we'd try to spin over to MTV with that. <laughs> oh man. So I remember uh, Big Jer wouldn't pay for cable. <laughs> at my house so there was like no cable happening bro none <laughs> so i always used to have to like get on the bike and pedal over to s lancaster's house to get yeah. cable because big don was floating the cable the hbo like it, it was yeah. like we always wanted to stay over at lancaster's because we could watch hbo after dark <laughs> you're not kidding not just basic but hbo and to your point late at night that's where the good movies came on revenge of the nerds porkies stripes you know th those were the movies that taught us how to be cool teenagers <laughs> they were oh my gosh yeah i i remember the hitcher remember that hbo series the hitcher it was like about this hitchhiker who always like seemed to be around trouble and then he would like find his way out of it and hitchhike back out of town yeah that was a <laughs> weekly event wasn't it usually on friday night or something along yeah line. i think the fact that you like couldn't access everything all the time made it better because i feel like our kids are numb just from the constant like i think you find anything anywhere we had to go kind of sit and wait for it or take whatever they, you know, played. But it was, like you said, it was kind of this, it was almost an inch, like it was this huge new media that we had access to, but it was like, you had to do it by appointment. You had to go make yourself available. Excellent point. You'd make your phone calls early in the evening to say, Hey, what's going on tonight? And once that plan was made, it's like, all right, I'll see you there. It's not like we'd get the de destination and say, all right, we better call these guys and, you know, text them or FaceTime them and tell them that what we're doing is, Hey, we talked about this this morning. This is where we're at. You miss it. You miss it. No, you're exactly right. I, I, I was think I don't know if you ever do this, but I literally still have dreams. Like I'm being in high school and it, and it's not like, Oh, I dream about being on the football field or like, it's always a dream about, somebody's doing something and I'm like either missing it or I'm on my way to it. Or we're like, it's always about like our social, the group of people that yeah. we hunt with. Yeah, I agree. It's, and when we were together, it wasn't, Hey, I got to quick call these people and see what they're up to. It's like, we're in the activity. We're enjoying the moment. And what we talked about earlier the kids don't get to do that. Even if they're at an activity or doing something, they're checking to see what everyone else is doing or where they're at. It's like, how are you enjoying this when you're so worried about everything else? No, you're exactly. I think that's that's such a huge point. The the idea of being in the moment, <clears throat> you know, and like you said, if you didn't like if you didn't get dialed in during the day to figure out what was happening, you were hosed. Like you weren't and so the FOMO didn't happen while it was happening. The FOMO happened either during the day or the next day when you were like trying to figure out where's everybody going, you know, and maybe you're for some reason not at school or, you know, you're, you had to go do something, but everybody else is hanging out trying to figure it out. And then you're, it's like six o'clock at night and you're like, where is everybody? <laughs> and you know, 
any, any idea where they are because you didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> or well, I remember the, the sometimes. Two... Like, did you run? Did you run with Troy? No, mine was a, a different group. And if you didn't make it out, it was always head to Seven Eleven or head to Triss's. Those were the two meeting up spots before we'd get started yeah. on our weekend. Big Triss. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, it seemed like the the fifty percent of the time it was the gravel pits. It was just a question of which pit you were going to. And I still don't know if that's been developed back in there. It's chained off, and now they have big sand berms and cement columns. But what a great little gathering spot! Little what was it, Rush Creek that ran through it, so you could kind of evade the, the authorities if you wanted to hang out for a little bit. Yeah, and everybody would just go back there and drop the tailgate to the truck or whatever. Somebody <laughs> always had a boombox, and then you'd start a fire. And it was like, let's hang out around the fire in the gravel pits. Our kids would probably be like, what? Why would, why would you do that? Or after uh, junior and senior year, when the, when the school year ended up, everyone would get their hands on a trailer and go camp out the beach for a week. Straight I don't know that Hollywood. anyone does that anymore. No, I've told my kids that story, and they were like, are you kidding me? Your parents let you do that? I was like, yeah, I literally wouldn't talk to them for a week, you know? <laughs> and we were juniors in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I remember, like, we went out, and we would have, like, three or four trailers full of guys on one side, three or four trailers full of the gals on the other side, and it was just, like, sleep and then get up and hang out and go play volleyball and it was just like literally just chill the whole week it was a great week hanging with your pals all the people you went to school with nice to have the ladies you know laying out with them and then have to your point scoot remember that you'd used to cruise the circuit at night in the car so you'd either cruise or you'd park your car and turn the music up a little loud to try to gather some attention <laughs> yeah there was this uh like parking lot but it had you know driveways through it and so you'd like drive it was almost like a snake type of thing and like you you know when you were younger you were kind of driving trying to figure out where the cool people were and when you got older you parked because you were the cool people <laughs> that's a rite of passage <laughs> that's right you're like oh we're parking because we're freaking sweet and people are coming to us now and again the innocence after hours they'd lock that up and they had sounds bad but some larger sized park rangers and you remember a good buddy of ours was trying to sneak some stuff in and they kind of caught him and they said freeze and as he froze something fell out and broke and they said that's it we're going to arrest you and he looked at him and said you're not going to catch me and he took <laughs> off running <laughs> did his last name start with an f uh p Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> now, I wouldn't put it past the other fella either. He probably did something like that too. He's or if you remember man. from the beach too, we all went down to Hoodlum Beach, which made sense. You'd drive eight miles down the shore, climb up one of the largest sand dunes down to the other side. Yeah. Most of us went back because it started rain and two of our colleagues decided to stay out the whole night during the thunderstorm and rain without shelter. What How, parent is going to let their kid? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, shoot, now you got like uh, Life 360. You know, you know where your kids are every second of the day. 
You know, back yeah. then it was just like our parents were like, mm, I hope they roll home alive. Like that's the win. <laughs> do you do that? Does your bride do that or you do that? Because I don't have it on my phone, but I know my bride is always checking. So I just want to see what they're doing. Just let them be. And maybe that's kind of a, a lazy attitude. It's like, yeah, they got, they got to go through this. Uh, we both have it. I don't really check it that frequently. She checks it a lot more often than I do. The only time I would check it is if it was like, I was worried about her and needed to try to figure out what was going on with her. The, you know, two older ones are out and doing their own thing. And, and then, uh, you know, Cole trickles got, he started paying for his own phone so he could get it off, you know, but he's like 20. So got it but yeah it's it's kind of <clears throat> i i'm more of the my my daughter actually for about six months got rid of her smartphone and went to a flip phone to get okay. away from social media and all that kind of stuff but she couldn't put life 360 on it so my wife was not a huge fan of the flip phone because she didn't know where she was i put like one of those little apple tags on the back of it but those yeah. aren't like uh, they don't work off of a satellite like 360 does. They basically ping other Apple phones, so they only like update every once in a while. So they're not right. as as. Uh, but yeah, I think it, you know, if our parents knew where we were like three quarters of the time, we would have been in trouble all the time. Yeah, excellent point. I was just thinking that. I'm very glad we didn't have those type of tools. The worst thing they would ever do is wherever we'd say we were sleeping overnight, if they'd ever called to double check and be like, well, no, they're sleeping at their house. Like, oh, <laughs> we dug ourselves a hole here. <laughs> do you, so do your kids, like, are they, like, do they know about, like the eighties, is it something that they like talk about or that they're like, Oh, that looks really cool. Or what, like, do they ever, is that anything that ever comes up in conversation or no? Are they kind of just locked into where they are? So what's fun is we run with a, a good crew in the summer, Eric out in grand Haven along the beach. And one of the folks they've kind of converted their garage. You've been there into a, yeah. what we call it the pub. It's awesome. a great thing that you can do. It's called power hour. And it's meant to be a drinking game and you pick the genre and they do a minute of every song for an hour and every so often in the break it'll say drink so anytime they're with us it's always 80s power hour and they get a little taste of what uh, <laughs> what we grew up with and hair, course, hair you know, bands and synth music <laughs> oh you better believe it the clothes the hair and we'll pull some pictures out of my bride saying this is how you wore your hair big with a lot of hairspray <laughs> you had amazing hair bro you you had that like you still have amazing hair but that hair like that never moved like you could do whatever like it was like you could run 100 miles an hour be sweating your freaking butt off have just worked out for two hours and your hair was like pristine well you're being kind i'm referencing more our brides when they would do flock of seagulls and multiply it by 10 to get some huge poofs and you couldn't even get close because there was more head than body on it <laughs> We, um, what did I do? Oh, we just pulled out a bunch of those pictures for my daughter, like a week or two ago, like all these eighties photos of like eighties girl hairdo, where it was literally like, okay, the front is going to be either the, the bangs are going to be ratcheted up about 800 feet. And then the sides were either curled back or most of the time they were like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like they were hairsprayed. So they winged out and then 
got curled under the back. Yeah. And then the you're, back you're was just like on. straight down. It was just like, if you looked at it from behind, it was like, looked like a helmet. And then the back of the head, just the hair went straight down. Yeah. And think yeah. of the, what we started the eighties in for our clothes. You know, we were trying to figure it out as late grade schoolers, early junior high. And then by the time high school, you kind of helped lead the charge into just blue jeans with some cowboy boots and some flannel when others were still layering three collared shirts in and trying to uh, act goofy with their hair. And it's like you said, hey, folks, we're getting ready for the next decade. Follow me. Don't forget the, um, you know, the brief minute of uh, parachute pants and break dancing gear when when a bunch of us look at about a, a, a nine month break dancing phase when break in and electric boogaloo and all those movies were huge you remember that did you ever go yeah. to any of our school dances where we were break dancing i did and uh, while i was there in a speech class uh, another guy i think we can say it steve funk for his speech brought in a piece of cardboard in his speech was he did a little uh, break dancing exhibition in the hallway with Rollinger. Yeah. Well, you, I don't, when Michael Jackson did that moonwalk thing on the MTV music awards, everyone was like, Oh my gosh, what is that? Like it was the most amazing thing that anyone had ever seen. <clears throat> and then the next thing I know, like in junior high, I was kind of like a tweener in terms of who I was hanging out with. But then I remember like Tony Danzig one day was like, hey, we're going to go do breakdancing classes. Do you want to go with us? And it, all of a sudden it ended up like we were going to breakdancing classes like three times a week. We were all, <laughs> we all had cardboard in our basement. <laughs> I can't even believe my body could do that stuff now. Now, Sam, you had pretty good arm movements. I mean, you could do the robot, like make your arm move in about five different pieces. Kind of I had, up dude, one I arm had, down I had the, the pop and lock and all that stuff. <laughs> like I was, I was live, bro, live. Did you roll with the uh, different color Chuck Taylors? And I still don't know how that shoe cycles into fashion about every 10 to 15 years. Oh, my kids, love, my daughter loves those. My outfit was the absolute worst outfit you could ever <laughs> imagine right not at the time oh at the time it was fly right (laughs) now it's it's the most awful thing you could ever think about here's what it it was the top was like this kind of shiny black i don't know polyester or something right and it had like a low kind of a scoop neck the sleeves were trimmed in aqua blue and right in the middle where the chest was it was aqua blue fishnet (laughs) <laughs> so you can see a little bit of the chest little nipplage going on and then then it was black down to the bottom and then i had black parachute pants and you unzipped the knee and there was aqua inside the z the knee whoa and then i had the aqua chucks that didn't come from ottawa county yeah that's went into south division or someplace along there to get that out there yeah. maybe out of eastbrook mall somewhere like that i think it was eastbrook i think everyone like all the all the the breakers went out to this joint where you could buy break dancing gear <laughs> and most of them like got like a bunch of stuff and i had like this humongous rear end which i have always had you know like and i was like i can't find a pair of these things to fit me <laughs> But the black ones with the blue knees fit, so then I plan everything else around them. Nice. 
<laughs> so aside from the arm, could you still put the leg movement together if need be? Could you spin around on a on a piece of cardboard? Uh, absolutely not. I would probably okay. be in the hospital if I tried. That. <laughs> But speaking of the mall, too, that was a thing that we used to do as a Oh, group. right? Like, that's a social know. thing. We've got, you know, like you, we have a couple, but I can't tell you the last time any of the kids went there, like, just as a social thing or to hang out. Yeah, that, like you said, that was kind of one of those defaults. Like, if it was Saturday afternoon and you were bored, like, go to the mall, just walk around, go to Spencer's, hit the food court. You could usually always like hook up with somebody there. Somebody was there. You know, if you didn't, if you got left out on the island and didn't know what was going on, the mall was kind of like the boat coming by where you had a chance to get picked up. That's a very good point. <laughs> Do you, uh, the, so the mall, I, I can't remember what I read the other day. It talked a lot about the mall, like how much of part of that played to the social fabric of the 80s. You know, sure. And now it's just kind of like you said, they're there, you know, and they're busy, but it's more like adults that are just there shopping. Like it's not a, a place where mostly kids go. Agreed. Or the mall walkers. Now, again, <laughs> now they just do everything online. It's like, well, don't you want to just go hang out to your bike, hang out with your pals and just check out some things? And it's like, no, not Why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> My bed's really comfortable. I can game and be online. That sounds a lot better. <laughs> That's funny. So, but what was your, like, your son's really into gaming and stuff, but what was your daughter's, like, what was her vibe when she was in high school? Yeah, completely different, right? Super social and ran with a, a group of girls, kind of like we talked about. Her friends through junior high were her besties all the way through high school. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, we love to be the destination, like to meet up before they go out for the night, you know, before a football game, before any of the dances. I'd love having them all come over here and really like when they'd sleep over because then I get to make a big breakfast for them every morning. Yeah. When my son has guys over, it's well. You need to buck the internet speed up because if we're all going to game, it's not fast enough. So if we're at our own house, then we can all play. And they're on headphones and they're talking like you and I do. And I'm showing my age. It's like, but don't you want to be together? He's well, it just doesn't work as well. <laughs> and if they do stay over there, they don't get up till one or two on Saturday. And I get teenage boys. They like to sleep. But there goes the opportunity to make them breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> How about on your side for your kiddos? Yeah, no, mine mine are kind of like, my daughter's one of those kids that she's kind of got a really good mix, you know? She's really intelligent, really thoughtful. There's some days where she just wants to, like, hang out and read all day. She's a very good student. But then she's got a really good group that she likes to hang out with. And sometimes they all go out and, and they do a social thing. So, you know, she's got a good mix of everything. Okay. Nice. So tell me, what do you like? Do you remember the whole roller skating thing? Did, were you ever into that? Yeah, that was you. Now you're going early 80s or grade school and junior high where you'd have the Terry Hall dances, but they were also the roller skating parties. Yeah. <laughs> That's you remember crazy. that, you know, you're talking about sixth grade camp of uh, kind of the fear and anxiety and when they'd say ladies choice and they're making the loop on the roller skates you're like 
boy, I hope they pick me because you didn't want to be the last guy picked and standing along the hall, you know, the, the rink to try to get out there and see if you couldn't uh, skate with one of the ladies. <laughs> that was my first, uh, I had my 13th birthday party there. Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't, but I'm asking if uh, Troy DeBrine was there and he had his uh, Terry Hall Roadrunner satin jacket on as part uh, of the skate team. You, you know he did. With the black <laughs> skates and the yellow wheels, that dude could fly. <laughs> he, he was, that was my first, I think I was in like eighth grade, and my parents rented it out. And yeah. uh, that was my first slow, slow, the first time I ever held a girl's hand, I sl had a slow skate. Do you remember who, who you slow skated with? Uh, Kathy, what was her last name? Kathy Corey. Yes. Nice. That was it. Yep. She was, she was the one at Sandy Hill Superstars. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, she was, she was pretty wide open, but she was like and, kind of the one that people wanted to dance with or, you know, whatever with. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my bride will reminisce, you know, we grew up together, but didn't know each other, but she and her friends, even though they went to the Christian schools, were some of the first to hold the uh, Terry Hall dances there, sans the skating. And I said, how did you, and I said, well, one of my older siblings would rent it for us and then we'd charge a few dollars. And she said they'd made out like bandits because other <laughs> than a school, none of us could get into like Top of the Rock or Electric Avenue yet. Oh my gosh, dude. Top of the Rock and Electric <laughs> Weren't okay. you a bouncer at one of those? Both. <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty serious back then. That, yeah. that was big time. Big city guys would show up there. And I, said, I don't know how to use the fist, but I'm glad my friend Eric is there in case my mouth gets me in trouble. I can't. I think I, I think it was Top of the Rock first which was like all the way over on the other side of town. It was like 45 was, minutes to get there. Yeah. Um, I think I worked there first when I was in like late high school, early college. And then I started working at electric Avenue, but like, I don't, I'm sure they have stuff like that nowadays, but I mean, we used to go to that stuff all the time. Yeah. And no, to answer your question, it's uh, just the title, maybe the, in Grand Rapids, the Bob downtown or just some of the smaller bars, but it's not so much a, a dance bar where teenagers or pre, you know, pre 21 kids can get into anymore. Yeah. That's what top of the rock was, right? It was, <clears throat> it was under 21. Certain days of the week. Yeah. You could NA night, I believe they called it or the one out by uh, Lake Michigan was escape, which was maybe a year or two after our prime. Yeah. I don't think I went to that one. But I, I know that everyone went to The Rock, and then when they were 21, they started going to Electric Avenue. Yeah. And that was like one of the, the – most of the time it was pretty normal. I remember one time we, we threw these couple dudes out, and then literally 30 minutes later, um, the, like they drove by and like just were shooting guns. They, don't, they, never, they didn't hit anything, I don't think, but it was just kind of one of those things where they were trying to freak everybody out. And it worked. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, there's guns. There's yeah. we're like, oh, this is not what I signed up for. I signed up to throw drunk people out in the snow. <laughs> yeah, I think it was you, Pee Wee, and maybe Morales that worked there. And I said, Man, those are 
pretty big solid steel doors for exits and do you really need that and it was either you or larry opened up and was like oh what are the dents from it's like well sometimes people get mad and they shoot at us it's like, oh i don't think i'd be a bouncer anytime soon also sometimes we get like mad and throw people into the door <laughs> that would sometimes yeah. dent it when they were just really belligerent and acting like idiots <laughs> yeah, I'm jumping ahead, but I do remember that time when uh, Dave, uh, am I right to use names, but Zaldivar's bachelor party in Canada, when you and the <laughs> fellas uh, decided you were going to take over a bar, and I said, I'm in over my head, I'll go get the car ready when you guys are ready to go. <laughs> well, how about like the way that whole thing went down? <laughs> do you remember that? Like, I remember we how were we got him in- down there. Was that was he in a cage and like duct taped and all of that stuff? Yes. <laughs> that wouldn't fly today, but great fun then. <laughs> Nicholson's truck. And I don't know who, who went and got him, but Nicholson's truck, and he had a cage in the back of his truck, like a metal dog, but it was like really open. It wasn't like you know, it's like a, a crate or something. And they duct taped him up threw him in the crate (laughs) and then they had a little pony in the coney keg in the back of the truck and we rotated who had to ride in the back all the way from gr up to canada it was like a three and a half hour drive and we were like oh my we couldn't believe that we never got pulled over it was insane (laughs) yeah imagine that someone's in a cage in the back of a pickup truck Today, what would happen? They'd have an all points bulletin out. You'd oh. make the news. You'd be on social media within seconds. It would. That's that is freaking insane. So do you like? I know my daughter like loves the eighties. She she always says, "I wish I could have like lived back then for a while and seen what it was like with no social media and just you know being normal." Do your kids ever talk about that or they just kind of like where they are? Yeah. When you talk, is that because you're sharing stories like we're talking about now or just uh, she's catching on to what's on, you know, streaming services or social media where things pop up and make it sound so cool? Yeah, I think part of it's what we talk about. So she hears stories and then she loves the music. Probably not from the eighties, but she liked a lot of like late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. She thinks it's lovely. She doesn't like to be now than like other people. She like she's always kinda like that would be cool to be back then when everyone like wasn't connected all the time. Yeah, I, I think that's the key thing is just as we talked about already, just live in the moment. Whatever you're doing right now, enjoy it. I get that you're going to check your phone on occasion, but boy, do you really need to? So when you said she'd just leave it at home or went without it, I get for parents, you got to keep your phone handy. But even my spouse, she just always checking and said, are you even having fun with what you're doing? I mean, you're you're a little preoccupied (laughs) with that. They're fine. We were fine. You'll find out if they're not. That's a tough thing to break away from. Yeah. But I think as, as, it seems to me that most of the people I talk to, the dads are more like willing to do that and kind of more like that's, you know, they're the ones that push that a little bit more. I know that I push it a lot. I've pushed it a lot more with my sons and with the girls, it was kind of like, 
I was probably more protective, you know, but with the yeah, we've earned that, right? Yeah, I think so, right? That's the double standard. <laughs> we kind of expect mischief from our our boys and the girls. Are like, hey, you're our angels. You're our baby girls. We, unless you're with us, we we got to keep a tight eye on you as much as we can. Yeah, I feel like the I feel like my wife is probably more like I am with the boys. She's more like that with the girls. Like, hey, you've got to give them a little bit of freedom. You got to give them a little bit of rope. You know, you can't okay. squeeze like hold on to them like that forever because they've got to grow up. So, you know, how about I, like even their high school? You know, you asked about my daughter for your daughter too in high school was the big thing. You know, Friday night lights, going to the football game or going to basketball game. You're living in a different part of the country. Is that the thing to do, or they kind of take her to leave it? Because no, remember, I, back in the day, you played. You were the athlete, but heck, yeah, you wanted to be in the stands. You didn't want to miss anything going on. Yeah, that's it's pretty much. I mean, I live in South Carolina, and that's it, football is you know rains down here. So on Friday nights, most social activities based around the game. You know, they're yeah. at, they're doing they're. They, they're probably not watching it, but they're there being social and, you know, it's all kind of focused around that and pretty much any town you go to. Okay. That's yeah, good to hear. like that up there? Yeah. Uh, kind of that small town Americana, right? Especially, yeah. you know, as Hudsonville's growing and becoming a, a big, big school system now, it's, it's fun to go. There's great energy. The student sections is probably the biggest change I've noticed is you have some pretty enthusiastic student sections where they have, you know, super fans that the crazies. The, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> man, that, that's a good idea. You guys were good. It was fun to watch you on the field, but we were just watching the game. There wasn't a whole lot of involvement from us. Yeah, no, but I, they were always packed. That was a good, and it was good for us too, you know, as players, like you don't, that's what you want. You want people to be there and you want it to be loud and, you know, you want it to be a fun experience. So th that was, um, that was a good thing. I think that's a, a holdover. That's a remnant. That's really good that I'm glad has kind of stayed in the way our kids grow up, you know? Um, Agreed. The whole COVID thing. I don't like, I think it was different up there, but <clears throat> mine, like my daughter's in a private school and they, they closed for that first three or four weeks, like right when it happened, but they were, you know, open the net, you know, back open the last three weeks of the year. And we, they never closed again. Wow. Which I, you know, I know a lot of places were closed for like the whole next year. Kids missed a lot. Yeah. I won't go political on you, but Michigan basically shut down and then they tried to go virtual, which good luck trying to get kids to log on every day and no. just miss all those aspects. So, yeah, my my daughter kind of missed most of her end of her junior year and then a big chunk of her senior year as well, just because then even when they went back, it was you couldn't go to any of the events or parents only for games, be it football or basketball, even outside, which seemed just odd to us. Yeah, that's so, that's sad. I like I, I feel for people that had to go through that. I'm glad that mine didn't, but I know a lot of people's did. And I that's such a big part of your life, especially your junior and senior year when it's kind of like you've already paid your dues and gone through all the crap and now you get to be the, the <laughs> honcho, you know, and have and kind of lead everything and you miss it. That's not cool. Yeah, agreed. So what's the craziest story that you remember or what's the craziest thing that you remember from high school? What's the one 
thing that kind of when if you're telling a story you're thinking about a story you're like oh my gosh i can't believe that we did that well we we talked running with the the jenison crew i would just say the fun kind of innocence fun on the weekends where we had a house to hang at hang out at that sounds really bad but you think no one was out driving we weren't roaming the streets we were just hanging with our friends and at Hudsonville, which at the time was a pretty small school system compared to Jenison. Yeah. The kid that got voted most uh, school spirit, and this was unheard of at the time, blew up a phone booth and a post office box. And they brought like the FBI and it was a federal <laughs> crime was what he did. It's like, Who does that? In little old <laughs> Hudsonville, no less. They blew up the... Like when you say they blew up a post office box, what is that like? One of those big, like one of those big blue things that you drop stuff into. Yep, and then again, most people wouldn't know what this is—a phone booth. You know, one of those uh, the (laughs) rectangle or the yeah, they blew it up. (laughs) School was canceled. We got out out early, and we're all laughing. Saying, "Well, this was precursor to terrorism or domestic terrorism. This was just a kid with a bad intention or wanted to leave his mark." And I think we made the national news for it. Wow. How about for you at uh, Yenison? Yeah, I, I, the, the biggest thing that I remember was, <clears throat> you know, this was stupid, but a lot of the things <laughs> I remember that you did in high school were stupid. Uh, one of our friends, his girlfriend had broken up with him or they got in a fight or whatever. And he was like, let's go egg her house and TP everything. And there was probably 10 of us. I mean, that house got lamb blasted with eggs and then the entire front yard got teepeed i mean it was just a tragic mess <laughs> and i guess the, the somewhere along the line the dad like saw us out there and called the cops uh but he kind of alerted us he walked out of the porch and said i called the cops and it was like ants going everywhere but, <laughs> but i remember <laughs> Tris, one of our buddies, <laughs> for some reason, he like ran to the field behind the house that was like as open as could be. And one of the co- cop cars like just drove onto the field, hit him with a spotlight and arrested him. And the rest of us got away. But I remember like we were all somewhere kind of, you know, we either went home or we're, and everyone heard, oh, he got arrested. And we were all like, holy crap. Yeah. And the cops had him. And they grilled him and he flipped on everybody. <laughs> he like he pulled, everyone he out. flipped on everybody that was there. And we got a phone call later that night. It was like, hey, the cops know who was there. The, they're not going to press charges if we show up and clean up. So the next day, like all of us had to go back over to the house, look the mom and dad in the eye as we cleaned all the egg off the house and the toilet paper <laughs> off the trees. It was a humbling experience. <laughs> and man, I, I kept thinking, man, I'm glad we didn't do any kind of like serious crime with him. We'd all be locked up. He flipped in a heartbeat. <laughs> I do. Re- I remember that because I was there just across the street. Again, fear of uh, watching everything. Watching. And I remember like everyone scattered and he just stopped like froze. Like, dude, they're not going to get you. And they grabbed him with, Hey man, I had to give your name. I said I wasn't involved. I'm not coming back. <laughs> You're like, but that I'm was just again, watching. This, I'm a spectator. 
But again, same idea for the kids of, you know, TPing or doing the eggs. I can't tell you the last time I've seen a tree that got TPed or egged in greater Hudsonville Jenison. It's been years, maybe even a decade or more. Yeah, I, I think kids today would think, oh, my gosh, if I do that, I'm like going to get in real trouble, you know, or shot. <laughs> it's it's just different. Now. Yeah. <laughs> well, too, everyone has cell phones now, you know, like you think about the stuff that we did that was just kind of like, oh, that's innocent fun, you know. But nowadays it, it's everyone has a phone. And so you got to worry about, oh, are they going to videotape me and then make a big deal out of it? And then. Like, I'm just not going to do it. I think that's what a lot of the stuff is. Our kids just like, it's not worth anything, you know? Well, you're, you're spot on. And how, how do you tell your kids? Like once it's been recorded or it's been posted, it's there forever. You know, we're telling stories and we relived it and hopefully people believe us, but there's no proof or documentation <laughs> to it. And even when we get the kind of people, oh, I'm going to video this. Like, no, don't, I don't want you to <laughs> just live in the moment, have fun and be silly. I don't right. need to see how dumb I look doing this. <laughs> I think that's part of the way for kids too. It's like, don't you want to do this? It's like, no. And maybe that's been embedded in. It's like, you don't want this to come back and haunt you. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think they there's this big kind of fear factor of, you know, and 10 years ago when all this stuff was starting to happen, people were like, oh, I don't care if you record. Like now the kid, I know my, like, my daughter who's 17 she's very aware and she's not the kind of kid that would go do stuff but she's hyper aware of the fact that you know anything you do is out there for people to see and will never go away so excellent point yeah it's, it's something they have to deal with well <clears throat> hey it's been this has been fun this is kind of you know when i started this podcast my idea was like i'm gonna talk to some people that do stuff i'm interested in you know, like I'm starting to get into archery, like that's a big interest. So I'm, I'm inter interviewing a guy next week, but I, I kind of want to just intersperse that with people I grew up with over time and just kind of like talk about the stuff that we did. Because for me, that stuff's so much fun to talk about. Like you said, we don't have it on a phone, but to me, it's better because we've got it kind of locked in and there's an emotion tied to it. Yeah, what I enjoy about our relationship, Eric, is we don't get to see each other as often. And you've been very kind and generous to invite me down. But when I see you, some point you someday you will come down. I'm still holding <laughs> out hope that you will at some point venture down past the Mason Dixon line and visit us. But it's like anything else, the 80s music or when we talk and we reminisce, it takes me back. Not that we're adults and we're professionals and we have families. It's let's go back to our youthful experience of just when we had a good time. Yeah, where there was mischief, but man, that was our formative years of just having a good time and hanging with good friends. So appreciate the opportunity today. It's fun to catch up like that. Yeah, man, it's cool. And I'll I'll make sure that we get, you know, a link of the stuff out so you can share it with all the folks that you still, you can still get to run with a lot of that crowd, which is awesome. So they'll get to relive a little bit of it with us. So I appreciate you being with us, brother. It's great. Appreciate talking all you. my best. Thank you. <laughs> all right, man. See you buddy. You still here. Thanks for listening to the do not go quietly podcast it's over with Eric Wilson. Go home. Go.